Welcome to the very first episode of the Solanira podcast. Solanira is a series from Les Delices that brings together musicians from around the world to share music, stories, and scholarship. This year, every new episode will be simultaneously released as a video and in a condensed form here as a podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Nagy, and in this episode, Musicians of the Ospedali, we'll hear from baritone and scholar Lisandro Abadi, soprano Arwen Myers, and violinist and Salanira associate producer Shelby Yaman. You are tuning in to Salanira a series from Lidalise that brings together musicians from around the world to share music, stories, and scholarship with a global audience of early music lovers. I'm Deborah Nagy, and this is the first episode of our third season, Musicians of the Ospedali. Venice is an ancient Italian city built atop over 100 islands connected by roughly 400 bridges. Its iconic sites, like the opulent Rialto Bridge, the gold-studded St. Mark's Basilica, and the perfect symmetry of the Doge's Palace, make it one of the top tourist destinations in the world. Though once an important trading post, Venice was no longer a maritime superpower nor a major port by the 1700s. Shifting political winds and a series of devastating plagues took their toll. At the same time, Venice acquired a reputation as a city of libertines, whose endless parties made the city a not-to-be-missed destination for well-heeled Europeans on their world tours. Yes, long before Rick Steves toured the Grand Canal and controversial cruise ships docked in its ports, the magical floating city was a destination for 17th and 18th century tourists lured by its extravagant spectacles and storied musical entertainments. Among the tourists who flocked to the Venetian canals were prominent musical thinkers, including the Englishman, Charles Burney. Burney's travels across Europe were immortalized in his 1771 book, The Present State of Music in France and Italy, which offers an indispensable first-hand narrative of some of the most important musical happenings of the time. Bernie waxed poetic about the supremely talented orphaned girls of Venice's Ospedali degli Incurabili. Bernie wrote, I know not which astonished me most, the compass of voice, variety of passages, or rapidity of execution. Indeed, all were such as would have merited and received great applause in the first opera houses of Europe. Indeed. The girls of the city's four major ospedali, or orphanages, were unlikely but major stars in the rich musical firmament of Venice. 
trained by the best composers, including Tartini, Galuppi, and Vivaldi, and provided with instruments designed and built to their exact proportions. The all-female choirs and orchestras of the Ospedali were thought to be among the best in the world. In this episode of Solanira, bass baritone and scholar Lisandro Abadi shares the complex histories of these institutions and what we know of the women who trained there. Soprano Arwen Myers and I reflect on our shared experience performing in an all-women Vivaldi program with Early Music Vancouver back in 2017. And violinist Shelby Yaman reveals the inspiring music and singular life of Madalena Laura Sirmen, an 18th century alumnus of the Ospedale San Lazzaro dei Mendicanti. Ciao, Lisandro. How are you? Very well. Hi, Debra. We are um, listening to and enjoying today music, mostly of Vivaldi, actually. Um, and our topic is uh, musicians from the Ospedali in Venice. Today, uh, the idea is that you take us on a miniature tour. Venice, I think, is understood as a tourist trap, um, but it has a tremendous amount to offer. and. Was it always this way? It was probably uh, uh, always somehow fascinating because it's such a beautiful place. It's such a unique uh, place of the world, basically conceived as a theater stage made it by wood that you can barely see, but it's, mm. it's just decorated wood. So it's a very particular, unique place of the world, and it's always had its unique culture and unique habits. Even in the 18th century, uh, people um, from many different walks of life were flocking to Italy and to Venice on a, a sort of educational artistic tour. And I believe we have quite a bit of um, information and, and even a, a, a sense of perspective on what they experienced there. A fine way to introduce our our um, uh, girls or ladies from 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 the ospedali when they perform for very important guests in the eight in the end of the eighteenth uh, century, we have a few paintings of them uh, performing in very uh, secret uh, meetings where where um, uh, an, a, a, a king or a prince or a count or or or, or, a, or a very important visitor would come to Venice. And then those would be the only cases where those girls uh, would leave their their usual ospedali, where they were trained uh, as musicians uh, at a very high level, to go and perform for these for these uh, uh, appreciated uh, guests. But this is a, a great way to introduce them in in action, uh, being being seen and heard by people who came especially to Venice partly to see this wonder of, of culture that they, that they were. If I go from north to south, so to say, at the north is the Ospedale dei Mendicanti, which is uh, probably the oldest uh, of all founded in the, in the um, 
I believe, in the 12th, uh, in the 13th century. Next to it, it's is the Ospedaletto, right south of the of the of the Mendicanti, uh, and and the third one to the south is the very famous Ospedale della Pietà, where Antonio Vivaldi uh, taught and and worked for almost 40 years. And in the center south, we see degli incurabili on the on the Zattere, so on the on the Canale della Giudecca. So these are the four institutions we will talk about uh, today. At the end of the 17th century, a Russian visitor sent by Peter the Great, uh, his name is Pyotr Andreevich Tolstoy. He is a, a great grandfather of the famous writer. And Count Tolstoy tells us in 1698, in Venice there are convents where the women play the organ and other instruments and sing so wonderfully that nowhere else in the world could one find such sweet and harmonious song. Therefore, people come to Venice from all parts of the world to refresh themselves with these angelic songs, above all those of the convent of the Incurabili. So he seems to have had a particular interest in the music played at the Incurabili. These, these are really charmed. Every ospedale had its special its special, its speciality, so to say, of, of, of uh, patients or uh, children who could uh, be accepted there. And... Uh, the Menticanti started with the problem of leprosy, and then uh, start and then went on to 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 keep busy with very poor children, children who didn't have a, a means to to survive in their own families, or or their families could not pay for their education, um, and so children could learn different different things, uh, and girls especially could learn music. This is something we will see in the four ospedali. Boys learned other tasks. Learn girls. Uh, have a very uh, high quality musical training. There is one portrait, um, a portrait of Adriana Ferrarese, who is probably who was probably a student here at the at the Ospedaletto, um, and uh, or at the at, or, or, or the or the Mendicanti. Sources don't agree, uh, but the thing is that she left. Uh, she escaped from her Ospedale uh, to to marry. Uh, a certain Luigi del Bene. So she became Adriana Ferrarese del Bene. She became the first Fiordiligi in Mozart's uh, Così fan tutte. Uh, she is one of the great, uh, greatly renowned uh, sisters of the, or, or, or daughters of the, of the Ospedali to have acquired um, international fame by leaving and traveling abroad. One thing that's important and that we should um, that we should know is that not uh, not everybody who studied music at, at the Ospedali was born and raised at the Ospedali. Uh, some of the girls were there because uh, they had extraordinary musical talent, even though they had a family where they could uh, where they could stay. Those girls were there to be educated in music. If they were very talented. They would be educated for free, uh, at no at no expenses to their families. But some other girls, if the families could afford to pay for their education, were uh, called filie di spese. So those girls uh, um, would be sent to the ospedale just to be uh, trained by those great teachers, but their families would pay for that. And then we cross to to the south of Castello, to the to the Riva degli Schiavoni. And we come to the Ospedale della Pietà, which is where Vivaldi taught and uh, and where he made 
very, very famous <laughs> students uh, with his uh, violin and also with his personal dedication to to their to their education. Okay. This is where he performed, and his uh, his students performed. What do we know about kind of? daily life experience for the girls in the Ospedali, in the Pieta? Uh, we have uh, this very valuable document, uh, the Dispensa Givaria from, from 1712, uh, is, um, is a timetable of what food was given to every kind of uh, girls uh, in, the, in the Ospedali. And there is a tradition saying that the girls from the choir, and the, uh, the choir included the, the choir and the orchestra, actually it was all called the coro, uh, that they were better fed. The, the girls of the, of the Pietà became so famous uh, internationally that the Ospedale at a certain point decided to invest not only in their food, but also in building a church that would be a, a, a fantastic concert hall. So it was built um, in such a way that, uh, that it had uh, rounded uh, uh, rounded corners, so the sound would circulate very well. And sometimes the concerts were so well visited that they had to open the, the doors of the church. And not only people were standing on the river, but some but some people were were standing on gondolas uh, on the water, uh, listening to the church inside. So there were major investments uh, for the girls of the Ospedale, and uh, and we know that Antonio Vivaldi invested. Uh, well, not, not his own pocket money, but he invested his time and energy to go around the north of Italy uh, and other places looking for valuable instruments for these, mm. for these girls who would uh, then, then play them. And we know that the, 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 the better they played, the better the instruments they got. Before we leave this, I wonder if I could ask why it was that boys and girls were treated differently um, in terms of either their tasks as foundlings or um or yeah culturally in general yes that's a that's a question i ask myself all the time and through everything i read i try to find one uh one simple answer but it is possibly true to say that uh, girls could obviously not obtain musical education almost anywhere else and mm -hmm. uh, it was a very unique thing that the ospedale could offer and uh, the fact that they uh, could uh, dedicate so much energy and time to learning an instrument made that the, slowly with the time the ospedali particular places where they had this incredible thing to offer so uh, the girls received this particular skill or set of skills and then the ospedale was was uh, investing in them as objects of display uh, it was a way to protect them also mm from mundane life, from other jobs that wouldn't be as, as interesting, and to train them at the highest intellectual level at the time where girls were not supposed to, to learn Latin, go to university and, and study or write history. But this were, these were uh, parts of culture that, were, that could be trained at the highest possible level um, uh, by girls and, and for girls. I think this inspires me to hear some more music. The next selection that we have is from Vivaldi's Gloria. In fact, the closing, uh, Cum Sancto Spiritu, which is very rousing. Enjoy.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Salonira. You can subscribe to the Salonira podcast to hear more from us and from Les Delices. We've been enjoying music from this 2017 performance uh, that was produced as a collaborative project and performed all over the Pacific Northwest. It was produced by Early Music Vancouver um, with participation from Portland Baroque Orchestra and Seattle Early Music. Um, and it was just tremendous. There was also uh, participation in that project uh, by the Pacific Girls Choir as well. It was this incredible multi-generational project that we have been enjoying. Um, and I'm very pleased to welcome you, Arwen, who uh, played a big role in that project and, and to get to uh, have the opportunity to relive that experience and, and share your thoughts about it five years have passed since we uh, were privileged enough to participate in and create that project. And I'm wondering if you've done anything like that since or, or, or could anticipate anything like that again. Um, I was lucky enough to get to be a part of the um, Hildegard Ordo Virtutum uh, recording and tour that uh, Seraphic Fire did a couple years ago, just before the pandemic. Um, and that album came out last year and it just, you know, Similarly to this, it was just so special to get to make music with 
a group of incredible women. Um, and I also sing with Lorelei Ensemble, which is a new music um, ensemble based in Boston. You know, there's just something special about performing with women. There's a different energy, I think, that uh, women bring to the classical uh, world. We have a different lived experience. Um, and I think that uh, the opportunity to get to perform only with other women is a very different feeling. I was so struck in the rehearsal process in particular by the lack of sort of top-down hierarchy and the amount of like sharing and the amount of the number of different voices that were heard throughout that process. You know, something that our listeners may not realize uh, or, you know, yes, you're, we are listening to and, and watching a performance, that, uh, you know, inhabited entirely by women in this multi-generational group, but also there is no conductor. You know, it was a fantastic chamber music experience, um, you know, with a fearless leader at the front, uh, Monica Huggett, and I love how she's just sort of like gets up and starts, you know, asking for more at the, at the very end of that. It's really special to get to work with somebody like that who demands your best and then your better and then your best again. Um, and the passion that she brings to her musicianship and that she um, gets out of her players, I think, is really special. Um, and especially with a group like that, that um, you know, we're already bringing a lot to the table to have somebody say, no, 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 we can do more. We can bring more of ourselves to this. Um, it was just magic. It, it takes classical music off this shelf that we sometimes put it on and uh, brings it into, you know, reality in a way. Do you suppose that some of that energy that we felt in this uh, all-women environment could be similar to what it was like for uh, women in the Ospedali in Venice? I would think so. I th you know, at that time, there was there was just nothing like it happening and I know you know many of them were students and there's nothing like the energy that uh, young musicians can bring to music making and I just can't imagine anything other than unbridled joy and getting to perform this kind of music together it's such a joyful piece um, and that sort of like pure joy I think is lived out really in this really special way by young musicians and also by women. And I, I imagine in the same way that we're saying, it was not something that happened very often. And I, I imagine that they knew how special it was. Now let's take a moment and relive a, a memory that's very specific to the two of us. And that is uh, within Vivaldi's Gloria, the wonderful Domine Deus aria, which is for soprano and obligato oboe. Let's listen.
back in person this season, but we haven't left our digital audience behind. We're releasing excerpts from every concert series program this year in podcast episodes, augmented by historical context and artist insights. First up, Winds of Change, an all-instrumental program inspired by the turbulent age of revolutions, featuring A Journey to Freedom by living Haitian composer Sidney Guillaume, along with works for flute, oboe, and strings by 18th-century French-Caribbean composer Joseph Bologne, the Chevalier de Saint-Georges, and Luigi Boccherini. So wherever you are, you can experience the special magic of Lady Elise. Thanks for listening to this episode of Solanera. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more from us and to be notified when our first special episode on Winds of Change drops October 17th. Playing classical era woodwinds like clarinet, oboe, and horn is akin to a high wire act. Gorgeous and awe-inspiring when everything goes right, but with few keys, no valves, and jaw-dropping virtuosity, it can also be downright treacherous. Thankfully, we're in great hands, as guest clarinetist Marie Ross, flutist Stephen Schultz, horn player Tad Williams, and bassoonist Marc Vallon join host Deborah Nagy for Harmonie in which they demystify their instruments and celebrate chamber music for winds by Reicha, Mozart, Krummer, and others. Welcome, Shelby. Hi. Um, one of my main um, projects these past few years and kind of passions has been the music of Maddalena Lombardini. And um, so only through her and her music have I really begun exploring the scene at the Ospedale and Venice. It's really such a pleasure to be here to talk about it. So thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's so interesting. We've mentioned now uh, Sir Men, who we'll talk a bit more about in a moment. And and uh, Lisandro has talked to us about Adriana Ferraresi and Faustina Bordoni. And it's fascinating to think not just about these individuals who are some of the most famous um, performers of the entire 18th century, but also to get a chance to think about, um, I don't want to say the workaday individuals, but all of these individuals who end up getting named in, in different documents. There's a big difference immediately in, uh, with, with, the, with the two uh, singers we've mentioned before, Adriana Ferrarese del Bene and um, Faustina Bordoni, uh, which is that Faustina Bordoni has a family name, Bordoni. Uh, uh, Adriana Ferrarese was called Ferrarese because she probably came from Ferrara, but that didn't mean that she had a family name. These girls we're going to see in the sources I've, I've, I've chosen today uh, normally don't have a family name. So there we get to one of the most famous performers of the 18th century. Anna Maria is uh, an incredible violin player. She studied with Vivaldi. Uh, and I would like to show, particularly on Anna Maria, uh, an incredible source that we have, the Anna Maria part book. Uh, it's an entire collection of violin, first violin uh, part books uh, with 31 concerti, 25 of, of which I think are by Vivaldi. Uh, all these objects preserve the names of these, of these girls and give them international fame, so to, so to speak, uh, so that they, they can come to us. Imagine that, the, I, I insist, these are girls that were abandoned by their, 
either families or absence thereof, uh, and they became international stars all, 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 all over Europe uh, with, uh, with their performances, with their compositions, with their, with their music. And this is something that only the Ospedali of Venice, uh, I think, have achieved at, at such international uh, degree. What were the ultimate destinies, you know, for any given woman, whether she stayed in the Ospedale system or somehow or managed to leave? For, for the majority of the women, they were not even allowed to perform outside. And so they would end up teaching other students and they were kind of confined to the, that lifestyle. I'm, um, Madalena is also a, an example of someone who didn't do that. But I think for the most part, and you can elaborate, Lissandro, they were either married but not performing outside of, like they would leave but not pursue a career or stay within the system, if you will, and teach or become a nun or, you know, because these these were religious organizations, so they would maybe pursue a religious kind of career. It's a way to create monopoly even within the city because every hospitality had its special sound, every hospitality had its special performers. They weren't interchangeable. You could only hear Anna Maria at the Pietà. You could only hear uh, someone from the Incurabili if you went to the Incurabili. So uh, it's 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 a it's a a way to also to protect their their their, their market, so to say. Uh, and they really invested a lot. We 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 know that Vivaldi bought the most expensive violin. Uh, that the Ospedale could afford, especially for Anna Maria. For other girls, he bought less expensive uh, instruments. We still have the prices. Uh, we still have the the, the, the bills. So it, it it means they they were really trying to they were really trying to to invest. Um, and and of course with with composers, the Ospedale was also investing in in wonderful composers. I mean, when 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 Bernie gets there and and hears Galuppi and says, well, there 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 is not much more that can be done in terms of quality of music in all Europe. This guy is really the best. And it's just before Mozart. So he really is, is a, a spectacular composer. And, and those girls are singing uh, and performing the, the best available music at, in that part of the world. Yeah. The last bit of music that we're going to enjoy in this episode is actually from a recently released CD uh, featuring Shelby, along with Sarah Bliley Douglas, uh, playing music by Madalena Lombardini-Sirmen. And Shelby, I wonder if you could introduce what we're going to hear and maybe also give us just a, a few short biographical highlights of all that uh, Sirmen accomplished having left, been educated at and left the hospital. So um, the recording is of um, Lombardini's Opus 5 Violin Duets, and um, Maddalena uh, was trained at the Mendicanti, and she um, was an auditioned member. She wasn't an orphan. She wasn't found on the street and brought. She had to beat out some other little kids at her audition, and she got in. She had this great um, very thorough education in music and was distinguished herself in violin and she ended up getting permission to travel to study with Tartini. She got married um, to another violinist. She ended up, I think through him, being able to perform at lots of venues that wouldn't have been available to some of these other women who we've been mentioning who, um, you know, just didn't have that foot in the door. So I hope you enjoy this little snippet from the recording. Um, that I did with Sarah. Thank you. 
It's a great pleasure to talk with both of you. Thank you so much, Shelby, and, and a huge thanks to you, Lisandro, for all the amazing resources that you've shared with us and with our audience today. Thank you for joining us on Salonira. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Solanira. Support for Solanira is provided by Cuyahoga Arts and Culture, the Ohio Arts Council, and audience members like you. Special thanks to episode sponsor Deborah Malamud and artist sponsors Paula Mendez and George Gilliam for Lisandro Abadi. This episode was created by executive producer Deborah Nagy, associate producer Shelby Yaman, and Hannah DePriest, our scriptwriter and special projects manager. 
This episode featured selections from a 2017 live performance of Vivaldi's Gloria and Concerti for Oboe, Violin, and Trumpet, generously shared with us by Early Music Vancouver, plus the second movement of Madalena Laura Sirman's Violin Duet in D Major, recorded by Shelby Yaman and Sarah Bliley Douglas, and released on the Orpheus Classical a one-hour filmed version of this episode is available on salonera.org, where you can also learn more about the music and information shared in this and any episode. Please subscribe, and we encourage you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show.